coming at you live from the south side <laughs> of, south. of the living room here. Both <laughs> of us in person in North Carolina. Man. Nope, we are in South Carolina. We're in South Carolina. Because we're on uh, the south side. Yes. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. It's a legendary moment for the two of us, for the history of Dummies with Wisdom. Yeah, it's the first time we've done this on uh, Eastern Time. Yes, actually. Which I mean, makes all the difference to those listening in a few yes. weeks when this is actually published. Exactly. You know, this it's less time to wait, really. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it feels good. It feels good. It'd feel better if I had a donut with this coffee. I don't know why we didn't get the Krispy Kreme last night. I don't know. Well, that's... Uh, that's Sam Nichols' problem. Yeah. Um, shout out to Nichols and his uh, ruining our Krispy Kreme run last night. He did. But we were being good friends, so. The best. The best friends. Yes, I mean. He wasn't being the best friends, but yeah, we were He's kind of a friends. jerk, but I mean, you can't get better than us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's why you're listening to Dummies of mm-hmm. Wisdom today. Yep. That's why you don't pay to listen to us, you know. Yes, we give this to you free of charge. Man, the world is so lucky. I know. I mean, this used to be just, you know, we'd call each other every now and again and nobody else got to, you know, take part in this. But now, mm. now everyone gets to maybe, hear. Maybe we need to come out with like the four hour version. The four. <laughs> <laughs> They've gotten enough of our half hour stuff. I got nothing. Okay. <laughs> You've got the dummies, Ben and JJ, coming at you with wisdom from the Bible and beyond this. Dummies with wisdom. So we didn't really have uh, much of an intro today because we're talking about abortion and did not feel it very appropriate um, to, to to make jokes there, nor could we really <laughs> find any. So. <laughs> Uh, but again, coming from uh, from my church's uh, Ask Anything series, the the one that we stole questions from, uh, somebody uh, wrote in how to navigate conversation with somebody inside the church that supports abortion, and I think that's a that's a very relevant question because th- there's one thing about people who just support abortion outside the church, but people inside the church, you know, it's a different discussion, and um, I'll let you respond to this, but I think we should divide it first into there's there's people that there's I think there's very few people who are actively inside the church. I mean, if we're talking about inside the church, meaning like not just you attend the church once in a blue moon, like you're actually a believer. Usually it, the people I hear that are, that make the argument are more about, you know, people that have, you know, rape situations mm-hmm. and incest and that kind of stuff. And they're like, yeah. well, I don't support abortion just on demand, right. but you know, those issues, I think that's a lot more common with with believers than than just outright abortion um well so they 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 do exist i mean i'm not saying they don't um but um you know going off with those two trains of thought you know what would you be your first thought on on this topic i think for one i mean even me to a certain extent until probably like i got to outside of college like definitely knew where i stood as far as i could defend my position on the topic but like i don't think i could navigate like talking to anybody about it um but i think what i found was most people the majority of even people who are um completely against abortion 
can't really defend their position on it. Yeah. You know, they just kind of point back to the Bible and they're like, oh, the Bible says it's wrong, you know, mm-hmm. or they're like, oh, I, you know, they heard a 15 second clip from about, you know, some random video and the scientific evidence for, you know, when the baby's heart beats or whatever yeah. it ends up being. Um, and that's, that's definitely not good enough to defend uh, what you've got. And so, right. But even to your point, like the majority of people, cause I agree the majority of people who are probably pro abortion to an extent in the church are definitely on the, you know, my wife has a, uh, you know, health issue. And if we were to have a kid, you know, I'd probably choose my wife over the kid, that type of conversation. Um, and so when you start getting into those conversations, those are probably the majority of, even outside the church, I probably, because those are easy um, topic, like topics to defend for people. And so I think you're going to find, you're going to have to defend the, try to navigate those conversations even outside the church more often. Yeah. Um, and it takes, I think for one, just like as a baseline, you're going to have to probably study really hard. <laughs> you're going to have to yeah. actually know your stuff because you're talking about actual real issues um that are surrounding the bigger overall issues you know the kind of these sub sub issues and i think a lot of topics you have these sub issues and you can kind of get away with jumping to the actual issue i don't think you can with this one because i think it pulls out a lot of real things like a lot of health things a lot of really just disgusting circumstances that you know they do happen i think me and you would both agree that in the overall topic probably not the majority but they do happen and yeah. especially within the church, that's where you seem to ha- find a lot of your, um, I guess, movement toward the pro-abortion side um, on real topics that actually, you know, people are, you know, going to be able to identify with. Yeah. And you made a comment there that I think is, is worth mentioning about, like, you know, a mother's health. Mm-hmm. There's There's been some stuff in the media, especially since the Dobbs decision that overturned Roe about, like, um, you know, if the mother's life in danger, like, mm-hmm. the Republicans are going to outlaw abortions in that point it's it's not an abortion mm. yeah, they, they push that narrative to make you think or to make mm. anybody who's listening to them think that that abortion is the media the progressive side of the political spectrum focuses on the the one percent or honestly i think it's more like 0.2.3 if i if i remember right like percent of of abortive procedures um and even in even in that, uh, it's not an abortion if the mother's health is in danger and you do a procedure on the mother mm-hmm. that ends up killing the baby. Because an abortion... I mean, I, I overall, you're actively going after the baby. That's the word I was looking for. An yes. abortion is like an active... has an active goal of killing the baby. Mm-hmm. Cut and dry. If there's other things that have to happen that end up killing the baby. It is not an abortion at that point. It's because the point them. of that procedure is not to kill the baby. It's that, um, like if it's an ectopic, 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 whatever pregnancy, it's too big of a word for me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like they remove one of the fallopian tubes and where the baby is <sighs> sure. and it kills the baby. Like mm-hmm. that's not an abortion because that's not the point of the procedure. It's, it's a result of the procedure, but it's not the point. So yes. that's, if we're discussing this, like that's not even in the realm because more or less like that's not an abortion. Mm-hmm. Well, even to your point, this is kind of goes back to this probably end up being like my overall answer, honestly, but like any, like any of these topics that we've been talking about, you know, kind of, we talk about like the heart issue and all this stuff and like not necessarily the physical act of whatever it is that we're involved in, but what is it that, you know, 
what is our intention going forward and even something like that like sure the physical act might not be committing abortion but i would still probably ask like what is where is your heart going into yeah. that yeah. sphere and that's a very 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 hard when you're talking about life and death type situations that's you know i'm not gonna sit here and you know judge anyone or you know you know i don't know criticize anyone for necessarily the decisions they had to make because you just you got to make a decision at the end of the day right but you know is i think and then to go back to abortion i think a lot of the conversation can still circle around um and though it might be a little bit harsh is where is where is your faith in the lord in that circumstance yeah and where is he leading because i look at scripture and i look at some from our perspective just the physical act of it and what emotionally we as humans there's a lot of really harsh things in scripture that we are as humans are kind of put into a corner a little bit and the lord asks us to follow in faith um i mean even i mean the more blatant one that i can think of of you know kind of this type of situation so then you have abraham and isaac who um you're asking a father to kill his son i mean that is unheard like even as a Christian now, like you'd be an absolute lunatic, you know, to do that in right. the modern day, you know? Um, well, I mean, even in that time frame, like even that time I mean, like, frame, we, I think there's, that's... there's questions like there's a, like, I mean, I've asked the question before, like is, would have that been okay for Abraham to do? Right. Like, uh, exactly. And like, there, there's debate about that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, like that is very, like that is a, I always think of that of like, kind of almost have to chalk that up to I'm just going to trust the Lord on that. Yeah. You know that he that Well, he that's really exactly I mean that's exactly what Abraham did. It was Yeah. But going back to the question of how do we respond? I think there's there's two parts to to a question of how do you respond to somebody? And one of it's on like the internal side and the um, maybe the preparation, I guess maybe you'd be able to say that. And then there's the actual like face to face, how do you respond to them? And so on the on the front end, I think you you mentioned that it, there's research there and mm-hmm. I think that's a very good point, both on the uh, just like statistical scientific side. I mean, you mentioned like the heartbeat kind of thing. Like that's if we if we want to engage with people both in the church and out of the church, we have to have some sort of knowledge of the scientific realm and of, you know, biology and mm-hmm. um, uh, analog, analogy. Um, what's like the study of the body? Uh Starts with uh, a uh, anatomy. Anatomy. There, it is. <laughs> there yep. we go. <laughs> we should have done our research. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just too smart. Sometimes things just kind of, you know, they pop out of my head. They come back later, though. <laughs> uh, but we, we, I think we, we have to, we have to do that. We have to have, know the biblical side of stuff. It's not just enough to say with any topic to say, well, the Bible says that, because, yep. I mean, there, there is no verse in the Bible that says, "Thou shalt not have an abortion." Mm. And even if you want to go with thou shalt not murder, like I personally, I would say that that is, that that would apply, but you can't, a lot of people will not accept that argument. Mm-hmm. So like you have to, you have to have more than a, this is how I apply the Bible. You have to have a, this is what the Bible actually says. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of it, um, again, going back to the people that like, they're like, you know, I, I, I don't support abortion in a normal circumstance, but in the, in, in rape, incest, you know, whatever kind of those, those, that very small percentage of cases, like, well, then maybe we can have a discussion there. 
And I do sympathize with those people because they're not coming at it from a mm-hmm. malicious mindset. I've never no. talked to somebody who is who says that and is malicious about it. They're always mm-hmm. they're very um, they're compassionate towards the mother for sure. That's yeah. how I'll say it. Mm-hmm. They're compassionate towards the mother. Um, the baby is kind of a second thought, and I think that's where mm-hmm. I want where I want to go with yeah. with we it, we have to think in principle. Mm-hmm. Either either abortion is wrong or it's not wrong. So we can't say that abortion is wrong except this, because then you, you can no longer say that abortion is wrong. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think, I don't think there's any any sort of like sinful matter that we would ever say it's wrong except here. Yeah. I mean, does mm-hmm. anything come to mind that you would ever mm-hmm. say that about? No. Not that I was, no. So I think that's... As the, far as like, you know, when we're talking like the physical act of things, you know? Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can go into the mindset matter of stuff, right. but like just the act itself, it's acts, it's yeah. either wrong or it's not. I think that's how we we need to be thinking with with abor- matters of abortion or really anything, but mm-hmm. specifically in this discussion about abortion, it's got to be a matter of principle and looking at it as yes, you do want to be compassionate towards someone who has gone through a terrible situation of something like rape, but that you can't sway principle based on a heart your your heartfelt emotion mm-hmm. of a situation because that is a terrible situation i do feel for them yeah our theology of sin our hamartiology nice yes Good word. <laughs> did the research uh <laughs> it, it has it has to be based based fully on principle and that again this is on this is on the backside. this is not something you go up to somebody and say well you are wrong because here's mm. the principles of the matter no mm. you don't be a jerk but uh, again on the backside. That's that's how we need to be thinking and processing these kind it's of almost, things. Yeah, it's almost like that's that's how we this is how we approach it in those settings that the abortion act or whatever happened isn't present in the room. Like this is how you talk about the issue. This is how you right. present, you know, it's about presenting your argument, about delivery your argument. I think it's much more when we can talk about the issue as in just the issue itself, you know, without external um, factors, one hundred percent. I th- I think you're right. It can be much more black and white, and we can have that conversation, and we can start drawing. And I think that's important. I think it's important just in life of where you draw your lines, you draw your boundaries. Yeah. And not like just on a whim, but be you're willing to move those lines and boundaries as you grow, as you mature, as you learn more. Um. But when you're talking about issues themselves. You have your boundaries. So then when you have your boundaries, that's kind of your foundation. Mm-hmm. And then when you enter kind of that second sphere that you're talking about when you're actually facing the issue itself right. with someone who's been going through it or you're going through it or whatever it might be, then you can apply the situation to what your foundation is. And though it's obviously not going to be perfect, at least you have boundaries that you're willing to step in. Right. You want to grow those boundaries. You want to, you know, change those boundaries as need be, as again, as you mature and grow. Um, But then as you come into a situation where even if it's something straight up as, you know, someone made a mistake and there's a lot of external factors of, you know, they're about to have this kid with some dude that they or girl or whatever that they don't know, you know, the kind of the normal situation that we kind of find ourselves in. That's not something to just push to the side. Mm-hmm. Like there is very real heart behind that. There is very real pain. There's very real fear. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a responsibility that's coming that I don't think a lot of, not even 
married couples are ready for, <laughs> yeah. you know? Um, and so I think there's, and then there's, of course, even beyond just the fact that a baby's coming, there's a lot of identity issues. There's a lot of stuff like this topic is so packed in with so much stuff that if you don't know what you're talking about to begin with, you're not going to be prepared to give, not even give an answer because that's sometimes not, that's not even the answer, but you won't even know what you're entering into. You won't be equipped enough to enter that battle because I think that's a huge battlefield that is raging right now you know amongst other things um but that's one of the bigger ones to be able to enter that sphere and be able to enter any sort of dynamic conversation that falls within that and whether that's being silent and listening that might be the answer and just being there and then one day you know you maybe it's maybe you're not the one that's gonna you know kind of get this that person on the straight and narrow your role might be to straight up just be the you know I'm here for you type person. Yeah. Maybe you are, maybe your relationship with the person and where you are with them. Maybe you are the person that takes them in the back room and is like, yo, like I'm speaking from experience here, like, and from where I've been, we need to straighten up, you know, that type yeah. of talk. Um, it might be a more logical conversation. It might be something that you step, you know, go step by step and someone who's much more in that, that type of mindset of like they want to talk through things logically and scientifically or even historically, you know, whatever it is yeah. to kind of and pit. Maybe you're you have a full on debate about something. Um, but knowing how to navigate those things with grace, with truth, um, but also with I don't know, a sense of maybe urgency is the yeah. right word, because it is we've got it is a life and death type of issue, no yeah. matter what you're looking at. When we are going to respond to somebody who's having who has this mindset, I think the first question is why, like essentially, why are we having the conversation? Is mm. it just on theology and philosophy? Like, is is it just on a matter of what they think? Because if mm-hmm. if that's the discussion, then sure, like I'll pull out logic, I'll pull out um, some like what we were saying about principle. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna talk much more plainly, more bluntly. If it's just yes. a matter of what do you think versus what do I think, right? Um, without being, you know, still being a person, but, mm. but I'm going to, I'm going to approach it more, a, l- a little more, um, I guess not non-compassionately, but I'm not going to like be speaking more with compassion, What? more directly, more directly. Yeah. Because still, I'm, like, the, the there's not a matter, there's not something for me to be compassionate for. Sure. Yeah, because they're exactly. like, we're just talking as, you know, like a, let me try to convince you why McDonald's is better than Wendy's or, you know, Wendy's is better than McDonald's except for the fries. Uh, maybe that'll be in our next our next one five guys beats both that's what five, matters yes amen praise the lord for five guys <laughs> um well now i just lost my whole train of thought <laughs> <laughs> i'm kind of thinking about five guys now <laughs> is there five guys around here yeah we should have just ordered in i can door dash right now <laughs> all right you find your thought i'll door dash okay <laughs> Um, so, You're so about being okay. Sorry. So, so if if that's the kind of conversation we're having, like honestly, what we would have face to face right now, and I mean, you you have to have some sort of standing too. I think is is important because if somebody, if I'm talking to somebody, um, you know, at a coffee shop, and they're telling me their perspective, I'm telling them my perspective. Like nobody's gonna have minds changed. Like it, it might be a good discussion. I'm not, not mm-hmm. saying don't have it. But how you how you approach it is going to be different if you have that level of respect or authority or standing in someone's life 
to be able to maybe change their mind because that that with this topic that is the like ultimate goal is for them to see that abortion in all cases again we're not talking about mother's life in danger because that's not an abortion but that all that all abortion is wrong mm-hmm. and not just not just that it's wrong in we, we don't want to focus on just the fact that it's wrong the point is we don't want it to happen yes. because like we can right. sit here and say um let's say uh what's well, like a very like minor sin that like we wouldn't practically really care if it happened but we would say it's wrong like language like not even like cursing but just like your delivery of said language i'd probably just chalk that like personally i'd be you know what i'm talking about i'd just be like eh. or you even know? like very crude language or crude language like but more... like even like i would take someone with like like a navy mouth you know, yeah. there would be certain situations where I'd be like, all right, I could care less about that. I care more about like the paragraph that that person just said. It may not have never even had any loaded language in it, but it's like intent was yeah. pretty horrific. Right. So like like that, like, we can talk about like, yeah, how having a, a Navy mouth is not something that a, a Christian should have. Mm-hmm. Um, but like it, it doesn't really affect me. It's wrong. But it doesn't mean, like, if it doesn't stop now, like, there is huge consequences. If we're talking about abortion, like, there is huge consequences. And mm-hmm. it's not, it's, we're not here to just discuss it's being right or wrong. The, the point is we want babies to live. Right. Again, that is, like, really is a loaded question. That's where, like, personally, if we're going to get into, like, the political realm of stuff, like, the Roe v. Wade stuff and, like, the, the whole, like, political spectrum that we've been seeing that's a whole nother beast to conquer. Like, I don't think that's even what we're, that's not even close to what we're talking about right right now. Personally, I've only run into maybe once or twice that you're not even talking about it. Cause it's like, I don't know what good it would be kind of, kind of deal. I've touched on it with those certain people. Um, and just kind of stated my viewpoint a little bit, you know, kind of carefully. Cause I was like, I'm not about to get into this right now. (laughs) Um, but like, I think what is important is even in, that situation i think what's what i pull out of those is it's so the conversation's so pitted against each other radic the speech is radical on both sides maybe from our are perspective are we still talking within the church here i'm just kind of pulling it back into the church okay. a little bit but like it's so the topic itself is so radicalized and it's so it's so black and white even when you apply the actual issues that have come in that I think the, let's just call it the left, the left side of it has, it's become very emotional because of the dynamic nature of it. And I don't blame them for that because the right has lost the compassion part, has lost the grace part, has lost the delivery. And so... And and now, yes, completely, but not just like towards the situation, the, the left... I don't, it's not true because they're, it's so politically driven again in the political Mm -hmm. realm. No, you know, not just with everyday people, but in the political realm, they have this like fake compassion towards the mothers. It's true. It it is, it is fake because they're the victims. It can, I don't even know if like it's 100% true, but even beyond that, I think there are also circumstances that maybe the compassion is true, but like a lot of other things, it's a, it's a false compassion based just off of what we know from scripture. Like it's a yeah. compassion that gives them false hope. It's a compassion that gives them something that's outside of the order that God has given. And like what we were saying, there's some compassion that 
is kind of harsh on the Christian side from our perspective, not from necessarily God's yeah. perspective, because of course it's the perfect order. Mm-hmm. But we still sit here and we're like, oof, that's hard to that's hard to swallow a little bit, yeah. just from a human perspective, you know. But I think what just to finish it up, and I think this has seeped into just our normal conversation. Why I want people to like, what I want myself and what other people when we enter these conversations is. Don't look at it like I hate that the fact that a like a Roe v. Wade type of decision is what is stop quote unquote stopping abortion because I think the whole point of Dobbs? scripture what you mean Dobbs or Dobbs yeah thanks um, the whole point of scripture and the whole point of our faith is that at least from a believing side we should want like what you said it's not a matter of abortion or no abortion it's a fact of saving babies yeah it's a fact of we want to create as much life as possible you know and i think that's the overall objective and we work from that we don't work from a is it right or wrong perspective we work from a life perspective you know and i think that's the big one that i think we as believers have completely lost you know i think we that's not abortion that's everything we get into this right wrong checkbox mindset Mm -hmm. and that's not our faith whatsoever right I mean, we might go a little long here, but this is obviously very relevant. Um, so I think that that's worthwhile. Uh, but when we're, when we're approaching people uh, within the church, um, I think, again, the the goal initially is to save babies. Mm-hmm. You know, but we also want to, we also want to uh, enlighten people yeah, to exactly. theology and why this is not just a matter of like right or wrong, but and a matter of sin or righteousness, but like wh- why? You know, mm-hmm. why, why is this? such a big deal especially when we're talking about these you know these minute cases but like when, when there's when it's more of like an emotionally driven conversation which i think most of the time it will be because um probably always will be and that's not a bad thing but but emotionally driven beyond like the how i feel but more like a mm-hmm. i know somebody who was raped i know somebody yeah, who exactly. had, you know like there was an incestuous thing that went on i think i think I'd, what we need to do is just start asking questions to that person because we can preach why they're wrong all day long. Yeah, exactly. But we have to get to the point of why Why do they think the way they do? Yeah. Do they Do they think the Bible allows that? Because that's, then we approach something that way. Well, you right. go to that point and then, but you got to listen to, right. you know? Right, and I mean, but yeah, that's, but I think question, questioning anybody, and that's, that's not even just with this conversation, with any conversation, for one, we, we want to know where they're coming from. Yeah. And you want to understand why they believe what they believe because we it's hard to have a conversation if we've talked for half an hour and realize, oh, they legitimately think the Bible allows this or the they really don't actually think this. They just, uh, her sister was raped and so she thinks this way. Like, yeah. how, why they believe something and they might not even honestly believe it. It might be just an emotionally driven mm-hmm. situation. It might have happened to them. It might which, be all they if, know too. Yeah, and if it did happen to them, like then we might be the most heartless people mm-hmm. in how we respond to it. Even if we yeah. respond in a good way, right. like if you don't know that this happened to them, all of a sudden, like everything you've said, like makes you sound like the biggest jerk on the planet. Yep. But even so, if you just simply ask questions, a lot of times, like there's flawed logic. If if you support abortion, there is flawed logic somewhere. Um, and I don't know if there's really a way to say that there isn't with with today's science and biology and knowing like the the heartbeat appears at whatever it is like mm-hmm. eight nine ten weeks mm-hmm. somewhere in there like the, there's you can't logically defend abortion mm-hmm. it is all on emotion nowadays and 
you're not going to convince somebody that their position is wrong on this because there's so much, it's emotionally driven, it's politically driven, it's possibly theologically driven, even on the wrong yeah. side. Yeah. You're not going to convince them that they're wrong. Mm-hmm. They might convince them that they're wrong. And so if you start asking them questions and they have no answers, you might not, that might not do anything on the spot, but suddenly they might keep start thinking about this, that they couldn't even defend it beyond, well, that's just how I feel. And maybe, maybe they'll be fine with that. But in the, in the, again, we're talking about people within the church Mm -hmm. and we need to approach any, you know, the situation. If you're having this conversation with that compassionate mindset and I think you you had mentioned to it earlier. It's it's not just on the front end front end of you know let the baby live. It's on the back end too. If we can't just sit there and say let the baby live, okay, now go do your life. Mm. If somebody's struggling with this, then even on a personal level, what can you do to make it so that on the back end when they're like, you know, she was raped and she shouldn't keep the baby because she doesn't have the money to do it. Mm. Can you give her a hundred dollars a month for? a year right. to, to just help alleviate. Like, mm, yep. can the church help her? Can 100%. you personally help her? Like yep. that's, that's where a lot of the, a lot of the actual situation lies. It's not just in the matter of like right or wrong. It's a matter of, they feel like they have no other option. If we're having this conversation again, there's more or less, especially if we're talking about the more rare cases, if we're talking about um, abortion in general, probably either that person is, is not a believer that person is a new believer. That person has just not been that much sanctified, or they are theologically. I would say ignorant. You could chalk it up to this, probably in the sanctification realm. Yeah. Slash. Young, scared, don't know what to do. A little bit of bad crowd involved in decision making. You know. We have we. I'm, it's it's not about the way we feel. It's not about um, the situations we're in that matters. Mm. in the practical realm but as far as the bible goes what is true is true and what you feel might be relevant mm. but what what you feel and what you think cannot trump truth but we but we can't approach those conversations like that it has, like, to, it has to be essentially we're we're not the source of truth we are at best the messenger of truth right. mm-hmm. no that, i agree with that I mean, blasphemous that sounds a little almost <laughs> no weird like that is what we are called to do but yeah. even in that light we are like that applies to us right yeah. so like we whatever you just said what was the what was about truth what was the statement you said not the messenger of truth but we're so not the what's what's true is true and your feelings might be relevant but the way you feel and the way you think cannot trump what is true. Yeah, and like that applies to us, right? But again, me and you on a daily basis are not going to uphold that, right? Because yeah. that's perfection, yeah. you know? So this goes back, but this goes back to like what I was talking about earlier, like that truth that we uphold, that we're learning, that we're growing in, those are our boundaries. But even in our own life, we're not going to uphold that truth and we're going to have to hold ourselves to that standard. Not like, yeah. not out of a, righteousness not but because we want to grow because we have a faith that enables us to reach that type of we have the ability to not make it to that point but like we can hold ourselves up in that light because it's not us doing it right it's not it's the it's the power of god it's the the will of the lord it's the the power of jesus within us you know motivating us propelling us to that point and i think what we lose 
is when we get into those situations, not only these like nitty gritty little issues, but even the person who's straight up like your classic, you know, they made a mistake. Now there's a kid coming on the way. They had abortion. What now? Like that is the most, it has to be the most lonely place in the world. You know, that's almost personally like how in the world do I face that type of conversation? Yeah. You can't just throw truth in that. Like that person's all alone to begin with. Like, you know, and, now you've got a situation where you're putting people in churches and all they're hearing is abortion is bad. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, the type of people and the type of delivery that we've heard, I'm like, no wonder people are, you know, no wonder it's so pitted. No wonder it's so radical. No wonder it's so emotionally driven. Like, I don't blame it at all. And so I think we need to do a much better job of attacking the issue, but also being willing to, like what you are talking about earlier, in that more active listening phase. Yeah which is tough mm-hmm. and it's hard. And that means you have to know your stuff. You have to actually process what people are saying without wanting to jump in with your truth or what you know or how you can even help the situation. Your even truth if meaning the truth that you have. I mean, it could be your truth. You know, that's what I'm saying. Well, but like, I mean, like, you have truth to is not, we're not talking about like a subjective truth, like objective I think, truth. So I'm ta- So we're just with our audience, right? Like, I think we're the majority of people, and I think I get caught in this too, you can start steering yourself away with such a spirited, emotionally driven topic that you can yeah. start speaking truth into an area that you actually aren't even speaking truth anymore. You're just straight up talking out of your butt, you know, because so, it's so emotionally driven, yeah. because you want to win, because yeah. you want, even if you care for this person, like you want them to understand truth yeah. that you start taking it so far that you're like, oh, that probably wasn't right. right. I may have spoke out of bounds. So like speak tactfully, be patient, mm-hmm. be like, that and might end up you again, like you may only listen, you know, and I think we have to be okay with that a little bit, especially with people who are really hurting. And I think that's the majority right. of what you find in church or churches or our sphere is people who are really searching and trying to, you know, they're looking, they're searching yeah. for something. Which I think, um, did we order five guys? No, it was it was too much. I, there's too much going through my head. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, with with everything you said, because I completely agree, and I think kind of what you were going at is we shouldn't be condemning, but we sure. should. And we we can't convict people, but mm. we should be trying to be the mode by which I think conviction is brought. Mm. Because yeah, uh, we do, we should never be like condemning anybody. That, that I mean, I think sadly in today's world i think we all know somebody who's had an abortion mm-hmm. like even within the church like, mm-hmm. i know multiple people and that's only the ones i know you know that there's a lot of them out there that that have been just like never told anybody mm. and i think we've all seen we've all heard maybe not we all but we should have all heard the stories at this point of people who went through it and uh you know have that testimony on the back end and like it's it's hard to hear uh, it mm-hmm. like even let alone saying it like it's it's hard to hear what they went through and like what they have to deal with like yeah. again like we said the mothers are the victims and yeah i mean obviously the baby is mm-hmm. too but the women are the victims because like we said they're being given this false hope this false solution like it's not it's not a solution mm-hmm. i mean even there's some people that are so mentally depraved like i'm thinking of like hollywood some of the people that have like been you know um like praising the abortion like mm-hmm. either they're just mentally depraved or they're putting on a face i don't know mm-hmm. what it is but or they haven't had to deal with it <laughs> but i mean like the people that have that are like celebrating like sure. the abortions that they've had they're either that like far depraved or they're mm-hmm. just putting on a face and trying to push a narrative 
because anybody I've ever talked to, even ones that aren't Christian, are it's it's a lot, and I can't yeah. imagine even as like you know my wife's you know pregnant and due in two weeks, two months. <laughs> hey, there you go, Poppy. It happens in two weeks. I'm calling this prophetic. Daddy's home. <laughs> <laughs> but like even in that, like I can't imagine being the man and going through that, let alone yeah, the woman. It's it's again, yeah. But we like with any sin, we we can't be condemning. Well, we can, but we shouldn't be condemning on what happened in the past. Mm. Um, again, we we want to to we want that conviction to occur and. Again, we we want to save the baby, but what's done is done. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Sad, like sadly enough, with with any sort of sin, you know, mm. we 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 can't we can't change what has happened, but we can change what the future might be or what the yeah. present situation is. Yeah. And I think again, when we're having these conversations, it's not it's not just about the theology. It's not just about the act. It's not just about someone's mindset. It's not just about you know even what someone's might be going through right now mm-hmm. we have we, ha- we have to approach it all with compassion and know that there's a lot of there's a lot of women that are struggling with this right now that did it a decade ago two decades ago three decades ago mm. i've i've heard people that were in like their 70s and are still like mm. like struggling through this and yeah. like you said the church has been absolutely pathetic trying to split the line between this is not okay and we love these people. I right. think we're. I think we're. We've in the West done pretty terrible with that on most every sin. Not just <laughs> we've been especially bad with this and well the so, the socially or the social uh, hmm, the the social problems of today. Yeah. LGBT right. stuff, mm-hmm. abortion, um, transgender stuff. That'd be another discussion to have. Mm-hmm. Where yeah. I mean, like we 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 don't split that line between proclaiming truth and being compassionate. Yep well at all it's either mm-hmm. we're very compassionate without truth or we <laughs> speak truth with essentially zero compassion yeah and there's you know there's a place for for both of that you know like from the pulpit yeah you want to have a little bit of compassion but you're speaking to a crowd when you're talking one-on-one or in a, like a small group or something you're not preaching you're having a conversation with somebody yeah. and there's a whole different mentality there's there's a whole different way of going about things and i got, i think it all comes down to we we speak truth in love while acting with compassion. And we, I mean, sometimes the truth is not what you proclaim. That's not, it, like, it's not incorrect. Yes. So, sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> so, sometimes, sometimes the truth is not what you proclaim, but the aim at which you're going at it. Mm-hmm. And that sounds almost wrong, but <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with it. So like, some sometimes the way to proclaim truth is to not say anything really, and to ask those questions and let them get it all out, mm-hmm. and and then maybe we respond, and maybe maybe. And with these with these conversations, you're not. They should never be a one off conversation, unless again, unless we're just debating, just having a comfort talk about what we think about the world. If we're talking to somebody who is actually working through these things, somebody that we know, somebody that we're going to have more conversations with. We, we, it's not, it's not a one and done thing. It's not mm-hmm. a, we're going to have a 20 minute conversation. And in the end, I hope to change their mind. That might be a, we sit down for coffee and I let them talk for 40 minutes and then pay for their drink. We go our separate ways and 
maybe we'll talk again in a couple months. Mm. That might be the way we proclaim truth is simply by being, I don't want to say the source of truth because that's obviously heretical, but like a source of truth to them maybe mm. where we suddenly now we've, we've, we've got standing, we've got yeah. ground. And because we just sat there and listened for 40 minutes without giving our opinion, mm-hmm. without giving our, um, giving our view of the truth, yep. you know, we've now got grounded that next time we talk, maybe I can ask a question where they're like, Oh, I didn't think of that. And it actually means something beyond just a, Oh, this guy's a jerk. Mm. And so I think we, we have, we have to speak truth, but sometimes that truth is best not held back, but it's a process. Like everything with Christianity, Mm. it's a process. And I think we need to approach it that way. And we can't like, even in those moments where it's like, this is a matter of, this woman is thinking of having an abortion right now. And even though she thinks it's wrong, she still thinks she might go through with it. Mm. Yeah. We, we should do what we can to make that not happen. But also like that, if that does happen, that we're there for her on the backside, Mm -hmm. because what, what anybody thinks right now will change. Mm. Might not change one, 180 degrees, but it's going to change. And that person, no matter how much they're hurting, right now is going to be hurting a lot more on the backside. And mm-hmm. if we're only here on the front side when we can condemn, we're never going to make headway. We're ne- I mean, that's, why, that's why the people that hold signs in front of Planned Parenthood that are like, the abortion is murder people, mm-hmm. never get anywhere. It's the ones like, um, what was the, that movie uh, with the lady who was the director of Planned, Parent, of Planned Parenthood yeah, for a while? I forget. Unplanned? Unplanned, I think. Is that what it was called? Yeah. Like, the people that changed were like the ones that are just like stood there like, hey, can I pray with you before you walk into the abortion clinic? Yeah. It's not the people that are, you know, just shouting truth. Right. Because like, what they're saying is not factually wrong, but you're never going to make any headway with anybody when you approach it that direction, in that direction. And I think the beauty of the gospel and what happened at the cross, you know, is we are, no matter what you've done, no matter what has happened, what will happen, Again, we're talking at the level of understanding and of growth, but at the end of the day, it's been taken care of. Mm-hmm. Like Jesus has taken that on the chin for you, for me. And I think where that compassion comes in is when we're able to talk, have those conversations, and we're walking through that situation with them in the sense of I am, I have done in the light of the world, in the light of sin, in the light of Jesus on the cross, I have done just as much, if not more, even in this moment than you. And so I can walk through this with you, even though I think our churches have told us that abortion is so bad that you can't return from it, that sex before marriage is so bad that you can't return from it, Mm -hmm. that getting drunk and doing all this stuff is so bad that you can't return from it, that if you like say a four letter word that is so bad you can't return, you know, that's like that is shoved down your throat, at least the understanding of it. And so when you go forward and you understand that, yes, I'm no, I am just as sinful as you in this moment, you know, and I'm struggling just as much as you in this moment, we can walk through those things together with people who are hurting, who are struggling, and you walk together yeah. to the foot of the cross, to grace, to truth, to, um, to Jesus, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just thinking as you were saying that, you know, just the beauty of the gospel in, in Romans eight, you know, the the first verse there, there there is no therefore now 
there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the mm-hmm. law of the Spirit has of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Um, and then wherever it follows, I think it's somewhere else in this chapter. I'm not seeing it, just scanning through. But where he says, uh, uh, "Where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more." Yeah. And you know, I think mm-hmm. uh, I think of abortion like that. That's I think that's that's pretty high on the on the list of mm-hmm. what what is sinful because it's like it, it's it's up there with with murder like just practically speaking but you know when we when we come to Jesus even if we're a christian when we do something of that yeah. nature like the great the depth of grace i think we 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 don't understand in the church that mm-hmm. we we i don't we don't understand the depth of sin mm-hmm. unless it's a big sin like when it's something like abortion then we're all the more we're the church is all the ready to call out how deep the sin is. But when we see like just the depth of sin in our everyday life, like how much have, like it's what noon right now. Like, and we've really done nothing today. How much have we sinned Mm. this morning? Like, I mean, quite honestly, like I'm not really thinking of much that this morning, but like, because you're perfect. Well, getting there, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but like just, just understanding that like this morning I could like what I did this morning and I, I can't even think of like anything really per se. What I did this morning is worthy of hell mm. and understand the depth of that's how deep our sin is, is mm-hmm. that we can't go 10 minutes yeah. without being worthy of eternal condemnation from our sin. Mm-hmm. But knowing that that's how deep grace is, that it's not only in these huge sins, it's in our everyday sin, that the, that grace is constantly deeper than our sin. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the depth of our sin is through the earth three times over from this morning already. And yet the cross, Mm. the grace, like Paul says, there is no condemnation for us who are in Christ. And that doesn't matter if we've had 30 abortions Mm. and came to, I hope you wouldn't do that as a Christian person. We need to have a talk. (laughs) (laughs) But like, if if it doesn't matter what you've done and if you come, come to Christ, Mm. like it's, it's washed clean. You know, I, Mm -hmm. I think it was, um, um. Oh, who was the serial killer? I just uh, Dahmer. That wasn't Dahmer. <laughs> it was the other uh, Netflix special. What was the one that Zac Efron was the guy? Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy. The night before he was executed, uh, James Dobson from Focus on the Family went in and like shared the gospel with him and said that he repented. And you know, was that true? I don't know. He was mm. facing death the next morning. Right. Was it sincere? We don't know, mm. but to think that somebody who's a serial killer, mm. we might see in heaven. Yeah, and then to think, I mean, think have I done anything history. that is anywhere near that realm? Maybe, but well, personally, not me. But like, there's people out there that maybe that they're they think they're in that same realm, but it's like God could forgive that. Imagine being the families of people that Paul killed. And like yeah. you go to heaven, and the most influential, influential apostle slash writer of the Bible, yeah, the people that he hurt along the way, yeah, to start off his life, you know, mm-hmm. like that's that's tough. <laughs> yeah, it's very tough. Even uh, I was watching. We need to end this, but <laughs> I was I was watching I was watching uh, something on I think it was the History Channel a long time ago, and they uh, they think they found Caiaphas's tomb, mm. or not his tomb, his uh, his ossuary, 
I think it's an ossuary where they put the bones after the bodies decomposed yeah. back in, in the day. Right. And in the ossuary that was labeled Caiaphas, they don't know if it was the Caiaphas or if it happened to be another Caiaphas, but all everything pointed at being Caiaphas. They found a nail with some wood in it, and there was flesh. There was like flesh on the nail that when they put it through all the you know mm-hmm. the like MRIs or whatever they do, and they said you know they have they have no idea what that if like that could have been the cross of that could have been the nail that went into Jesus mm-hmm. might not have been might have been someone else, but when you think of that, it's like the man who essentially condemned Jesus to be crucified. Mm-hmm. If he had that in his ossuary, right? So he he regretted it. Yeah, that doesn't mean he ever came to faith, right? But it could be, and mm-hmm. to think that the person who act like actually was essentially what caused the whole crucifixion to happen, mm-hmm. we might see in heaven. Like, can you, can you imagine that one? Yeah, right. So I mean, so I get to say, oh, yeah. I think that truly like. From, I think, what we have both gotten, I think this is probably the most important that, at least in our lives so far, that we have understood from the gospel, understood from Jesus, is that no one is too far gone. Yeah. Like, no one is outside of the realm of Jesus. Yeah. You know, like, in in the sense that Jesus loves you and Jesus wants you, like, cares for you more than anything. Mm -hmm. If you just understand that, we can deal with the other stuff, you know? Uh, and I think that that's that's the, that's the point to make is like I mean you said it perfectly like if if we can get you to the gospel, yeah. ev- everything comes secondary to that sanctification is not our concern. You know our 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 point is not to change hearts and mm. to change minds and everything. We should work to to do that, but we we cannot actively do that. Only God can actually work mm. through people's yes. hearts and people's minds. Lord. We can work. He can work through us to help with that. Mm-hmm. But. But again, yeah, our, our purpose is to bring people to the gospel and to help people understand that first mm. and foremost. Yeah. And even even if they're already a believer, to continue to bring them to that because we all need to be we all need to constantly be reminded of the gospel and reminded of our, our sin. But even more than that, reminded of the grace that covers that sin. Mm. So that's a that's it's been a long one, but a, a um, little... it's very important, very relevant to today's. Uh, yeah conversation so uh we hope that this was this was helpful to you and uh we'd love to hear um thoughts on this uh you know did did we did we get it right did we uh something we completely missed um love to hear love to hear opinions on this and uh again always love to get more questions and uh as always you know dummies you find in the wild too let's see those pictures Mm -hmm. mm-hmm Hey everyone, thanks for listening to this podcast of Dummies with Wisdom. To give us comments, ask questions, or submit pictures of other dummies you find in the wild, email us at dummieswithwisdom at outlook.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dummieswithwisdom. 